It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this, our issue 192 of the DC Primetime Podcast as we continue on with our countdown to crisis on Infinite Earths from the Spotlight as well as the uh, We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited podcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods and the upcoming final episode of Still Afraid of the Dark, I am Rob Martin. Well, season finale. Season finale. It. Season finale. Yeah. I don't want to say final because that means we're not going to do any more, but we're definitely doing more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's we're, we're coming on to the final chapter of the first book. There we go. There we go. That's, yeah. That works. Uh, yeah, and it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, the season finale is, or the final chapter of the first book, as you said, is uh, this coming Thursday, Halloween night, and all about the Adams family, which Indeed. I'm looking forward to. It's going to be fun. And honestly, probably my favorite drink that was made um, that I came oh, up man. with for this one. Yeah, so. that drink was so good. So good, in fact, that not only did we drink it during one podcast, we drank it during another. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah, no, we had that's, it. A, that's a fun yeah. one. That's a really fun drink. That's called Wake yeah, we- the Dead. We were enjoying them as uh, we were recording this uh, this week's uh, this month's episode of your uh, caffeine crew cast of pods. Yeah, yeah, the Halloween episode. So we we just carried that in because I still had enough to uh, continue to make with it. So it worked out wonderfully. Which was actually a really fun episode. Oh, to, and it was an incredibly to go- record goofy episode as well, which was even better. <laughs> so yeah, and that'll that'll actually by the time you are hearing this, that will be online. So I mean, definitely go and check that one out. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's your podcast to host. Why don't you tell everybody real quick just what we talked about this this time? So we talked about our love of vampires and uh, everything from kind of like the first ones we remember growing up as kids up and and then continuing the conversation into kind of like a more pseudo serious way of kind of like how they went from horror icons to anti-heroes and then just kind of played with those concepts so of course we talked about like the the best the worst uh but also we had the little caffeine crew fun that we usually do and like mixed up some movies by adding some vampires into the mix things like that it it was it's it was fun and it was one of my favorite mfks we've done in a while Um, (laughs) yeah one of those few ones where i'm like i don't even need to give an answer because bill's answer was just like we're just gonna end there (laughs) so moving on Uh, yeah i don't i i don't know if it made the final edit uh but to any primers that listened to that episode which hopefully is a bunch uh i apologize for the jackass that i was at one moment in which I was not paying attention because I was handling a, a business text. Oh, um, it's there. I've, it's in there. <laughs> so, Dude, I felt like such an asshole. <laughs> it's okay. During that moment, because everybody's looking at me. You're like, Ben, how about you? And I'm like, 
shit. <laughs> I was, I'm like, I was so engrossed in responding to this text message. And I'm like, I don't even know what the hell we were just talking about. Because <laughs> that's not me. I never do that. Like I'm, I'm usually always fully engrossed in the recording. So when it finally happened, I'm like, "Son of a bitch, I'm an ass." It's but all good. It happens. It, yeah, it does. But we digress. Let's jump into uh, just talking about this week's episodes of the uh, of the the Arrowverse shows. Yeah, definitely. So, as we usually do, we'll go through the, each of the four episodes and we will give our ranking at first, and then we will jump back and break down the episodes. So starting first with Batwoman season one, episode three, where do you feel like this one falls? Sidekick hero or legend? Um, I'm going to give it a high hero. I think it gets a okay. high hero this time. Uh, and not because of any of the Batwoman stuff, not because of any of the Alice stuff. Uh, I, I, my concern is Neil coming more in the role of about half of the supporting players. Uh, and I'm, I have a general concern about a plot thread, but we'll get into that when we uh, when we when we break this down in full. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm going. I'm stuck between a mid to high hero for me as well. Um, when it came to the actual storyline of the episode, it really wasn't all that engaging and entrancing. Um, you know, especially even with the addition of Tommy Elliot, I expected maybe a little bit more. Um, it's really only getting as high of a ranking as it is with me because we finally got the look of Batwoman we've been waiting for. Yeah, and I gotta say, uh, like the 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 pieces we see with her and Alice are great. I, I I think they're always great highlights of the show. Um, and it was great. You're right to see the final suit. Um, everything else, you're right, was kind of middling. So yeah, exactly. So I'm 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 stuck where between a mid to high. If I have to give it something though, um, I'll say mid. Yeah, uh, I'll say I'll say a mid um, mid hero for me on that one. Uh, next up, we have Supergirl season five, episode three. Where do you fall? Sidekick hero or legend? I hate to say this. This is the first sidekick of the year. Um, this Ooh. episode felt empty. And I mean, 100 percent empty. It did not hold my attention at all. It feels like. There was nothing memorable about anything about it. It wasn't even just like kind of like hanging out in the middle of the road. It was just it was bland. It was a really, really bland episode. And I have no idea where they're going with this, these plot threads. But I also don't care. And that's not a good sign. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a low hero. And I feel like the, very the same way. And, you know, when you mentioned you don't know where they're going this season, um, you know, with these plot threads, I kind of mentioned it last week where I feel like this is just filler until they get the crisis because they really they don't know what to do with the series. You know, we, we talk about how the Flash has basically two seasons in one, uh, you know, two one storyline with Bloodline or Bloodwork working up the crisis and then it's going in a completely different path, which it has. Right. To. Yeah. Supergirl, I think, in essence, has to do the same thing, but they didn't know what to do for that first half. Right, and and as much as the Malefic thing could be cool, it's not. It's not playing. I don't know if it's just me or or what, but man, last year you gave us three amazing villains, and right now I feel like you, the concepts you have for the two that are functioning are 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 floundering in a bad way. Where I'm not interested in either. It kind of feels like watching the Flash last year, where you're like, this is this storyline's going to be done soon, right? And that's not a good way to watch a show. So yeah, I, and the, I'll be honest. The only reason I gave this a, a, a low hero is because we got to see two very familiar faces this episode. Yeah, um, which we'll talk about when we break it down. Yeah. 
Next up, we have The Flash, Season 6, Episode 3, Sidekick Hero or Legend? Hmm. I think it's a high hero. Okay. I think it's I, I think it gets a high hero for me this week. It's sad because I had to think about it this one for for a, a split second. I'm like, what what was going on in this week's yeah, episode? Because th- this is I'm one like, that I watched yeah. early. So yeah, I watched it the night. Like I think the night or the day after it was on. And I'm like, wait a second. Oh, it's like oh, this is the de- uh, the the zombies essentially the blood zombies. Um, but yeah, it was. I think it was not a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination. And I think they are doing a good job with blood work as a villain so far. Uh, but it felt like it was just it was missing something. It was just missing a little something. Yeah, so. high hero, high hero from me as well. Um, yeah. You know the killer frost, the killer frost aspect of everything. You know, still continuing on with with basically like her trying to find her place with you know with with frost having taken over Caitlyn's uh, you know body and such. Uh, I thought was a great element. The stuff with Ralph, I absolutely loved. Um, you know that was one of the reasons why I gave it as high of a hero uh, as I did. You're. Um, you know, I, we got. I actually kind of gave it a bump down because of that. It, it felt like it was oh. such a massive tonal shift away from what was happening on the other part of the story that it felt like this kind of slapsticky story that kind of was wedged into something that they were trying to do seriously. And I thought it was a. It, you got a little bit of whiplash. It felt like from that. I mean, I can see I, that. But I, again, at the same time, though, too, I mean, that's Ralph's character, and I would not want him to kind of be anything different. But, like, we got a very serious Ralph by the end of the episode. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, you know what? You could have took it that that angle and matched the episode, but, hey, it's all good. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see how the tonal differences could definitely lose some points Yeah, when it comes to the rating. But, I mean, when it came to that stuff, like, I enjoyed it. But we'll, we'll get into that more when we, when we break it down. Yeah. Uh, and last, of course, we have Arrow Season 8, Episode 2. Sidekick, hero, or legend? I will go a high hero, I think. Um, maybe low legend. I am really uncertain on this one. I I think I'm gonna stay high hero. Um That's yeah. that's where I that's where I am too. Um you know, we talked last week how I had a lot of concerns knowing that they weren't gonna be traveling the multiverse this season. So, you know, after the events of last week and the and the season premiere, like where do they go if we know they're not gonna be doing that? Uh, and I was really legitimately worried going into this episode, but then by the end, pleasantly surprised that I was like, okay, it wasn't a, a traveling the multiverse, but I still, I, I still enjoyed the ride that yeah. they took us on this episode. So yeah, not definitely. to mention another, again, another familiar face coming back yeah. in, uh, in this episode. Oh yeah. It was cool to see it, it just, um, and I'm pretty sure we, we know what, what, the monitor is up to. So we'll talk about that in a second. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you right now, uh, just like last week, probably not spending a lot of time on the future on the flash forwards. I forgot uh, there even was any. It's, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's I an re- element. I remember what it is now, but I'm like, what's the purpose of this? It's you know? an element of this series that I've pretty much because of last season, I've totally written off. I have to, um, it I, ch- is, I, I check out during flash forwards. Yeah, and we'll talk about something in the, in the news that's not part of the news, but we can either that or we'll just throw it into the arrow stuff. But that's yeah, all, good. all right, let's head back again to the beginning uh, with uh, Batwoman season one, episode three, down, down, down. As the city waits impatiently for another visit from who they think is Batman, Alice continues to taunt Kate with a secret, but also sets her sights on Jacob and Catherine. Uh, Kate is visited by Tommy Elliott, a childhood friend of her cousin who has finally realized his lifelong dream of being wealthier than Bruce 
and throws a party so all of Gotham can celebrate. I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's basically the entire episode. Yeah. Um, but oh, so but we'll leave it that, at that. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's a great place to leave it. Um, I, I really think... So this was an inter- interesting episode. So yes, we do get Kate's final push. Like, hey, I'm going to become something different and new. And letting the city see that. And that, that stuff was wonderful. I thought that was done really, really well. Yeah, I mean, we've we've been talking like since like the first two episodes that the whole narration um, of it, you know, made it feel so much better than any other episode that any other show that we've seen. So even right from the bat of the beginning of this, no pun intended, um, you know, right from the start of this episode, that whole uh, inner monologue or voiceover that we're getting of how she's kind of already lost, you know, because people are thinking she's the bat. And she's not. So yeah, she, yeah. she kind of feels like already she's got like she, an imposter and she's, she's yeah. losing her identity and everything that she was attempting to do has kind of been screwed up. Um, and she started something that she didn't want to start. So again, it's that reluctant hero angle that we see from most of our heroes in most of these shows. But her kind of owning it by the end of it and saying, you know what? But even though I'm in this, let's uh let's go full tilt and we're going to, we're going to put a stop to this. So like, this yeah. is, you know, seeing her involved now and in trying to stop Tommy, that worked really well. I thought, I mean, and I think Tommy was, was done interestingly enough that when we see him the next time and he's a little bit more traditional villainous, it's going to be more fun to watch. It was a good setup to the character with a little payoff in this episode. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, I, I agree with that completely. Like, I expected more. Like, when we knew that Tommy Elliott was coming in, it, this is pre-Hush. We know he's going to become Hush at some point. At least, I, I'm assuming that's probably the case. Uh, it, you know, it was it was one of those things that I kind of expected more out of it. But when I think about it, what more really could they have given us without kind of sending him down that path yet? So. Right. You know, it kind of defends it a little bit, the, the the whole lacking of the story, but maybe they should have, you know, there's still things about this, this series that kind of, I don't want to say confuse me because we know Alice is going to be the big bad of the, of the season, but the way they're kind of approaching Alice makes me think that maybe that's not the case. You know, they're, they've already thrown some... Maybe they haven't some re- redeeming qualities into the character and knowing that she's the sister. So we kind of feel like maybe there's a redemption arc in there somewhere. And it's probably not the case. You're more now familiar she, because you you know the character better than I do. I mean, really, you like you could see like it seemed that way a little bit where like she's you know what the best way to put it is she's Kylo Ren is the best way to put it. OK, that's it, a that's a good comparison for me. It's a. It's a, that's the way I can kind of give it to you based on what we're seeing here in the comics. She's just full tilt, just a, a, you know, a villain at this point. But yeah. I mean, this is her kind of really taking that next step. And now with Kate in the picture, there's those feelings associated with it. I mean, there were some great sequences that did happen in this episode, like her and her father's, um, you know, penthouse, um, you know, sitting there playing Bach on the uh, on you know the the upright. While, like, after she killed off one of the, you know, the guards in the house. But, like, just the, the way that she toys with Jacob has is, is been really interesting. And the way that she toys with Kate. I do love that about her character. I think she is a fantastic villain because she is a little in, a little out. You don't know if she's going to be swayed in one direction. Um, she's just so off-kilter that it makes it fun to see how they're going to play it. 
uh, and you know, like I said, we do see that final part when like Kate and her are talking on the rooftop. You know, when Kate's unmasked and, and Alice basically just pulls a knife on her. It's kind of like, nope, that's done. That's not happening. And you're like, okay, I, I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, she's definitely going to be our big, big bad. And Kate's trying to find her resolve. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, but, and that's all working. My problems, and I don't know if this is where it is for you too. So Mary is an, is a character that could go one way or the other. That's the stepsister. I don't know what I think about her still. Yeah, she, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel the same way. Like, she seems really interesting one second and then the next second. Annoying I dislike as her, shit. Yeah, I just dislike her character 100%. And that's really a weird place to be. Uh, the stepmom, the same way. Like, the stepmom is not that she's not annoying, but they tried to do a reveal and kind of like, Hey, she's really doing all these twisted things, blah, 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 blah. We saw these playing cards with these numbers played out in this episode, like when Alice was in the house that she knows some other things that are going on. Like it makes you question, is she working with, you know, that that group or not? What is she doing? Is she working with the Wonderland gang? All of these little pieces. How does that factor in? How do these pieces play? But we don't know anything about the stepmother at all. So why do we care? And yeah. that's what's confusing. Like they're making some moves that don't make sense. Like, you know, saying, Hey, this person's actually a villain. Well, none of us know who she is. So it's not like you're like being like, Oh damn. Like, it's not like this all of a sudden, this big massive twist because we don't care about her. And it's, it's not, it's not playing the other part too, that, makes me kind of a little frustrated is the Sophie character. Sophie is a character is a little boring and a little bland. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way. No, I agree. Um, I agree on all counts with, you know, when it comes to okay. Mary, to Catherine, to, to Sophie, um, you know, there are elements of Sophie that really confuse me. It, you know, I, I, it made me to the point where like we got the introduction to, so I'm going to start with Sophie. Um, oh yeah. You, you know, and, you know, we got the introduction to Sophie in the pilot, and we know there's this conflict between the two of them. You know, where they're they're scorn. I don't want to say scorned lovers because that's not the case. Like they they used to be together, and then we, with with everything that we know already, with you know Kate being ousted from the mili from military right. and they're, Sophie, they're tragic with, lovers in this situation. That's that's the better yeah. way to put it: is tragic yeah. lovers. Uh, you know, and then the past two episodes, what we've gotten out of Sophie has just been kind of blah and bland. Like it's, I. I don't really feel that connection between Kate and, and Sophie anymore to the point where this week, when we get introduced to Regan, who I assume is probably going to be the new love interest of Kate. I was excited for Kate. I was like, yes, move on, please. Like, cause Sophie's like not. Yeah. And like I don't get emotionally invested into, well, some relationships I do like obviously Barry and Iris, you get, you know, attached to, I'm still waiting patiently for Ralph and Sue to get together. And so, yeah, you're, you're in it for the, one of the relationships too. You just yeah. don't realize it. Sometimes. You just don't realize it. But this is the first time, like so early on, I've been like, yes, like get with Regan. Cause like you need to move on from Sophie. Uh, yeah, and you know what though? Like too, like the first conversation we, me and my wife, as we were watching the show, cause she, she's really, she really enjoys the show. Um, and she was just kind of like, she's like, she's like, it's amazing. In one conversation that took thirty seconds, there's more, uh, you know, like, um, like charisma, and there is more chemistry and all of these angles between Kate and Regan versus the all of the scenes we've seen played with Kate and Sophie so far. 
Yeah. And I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, I am right there with you. And you know what? The other angle, though, too, is like, I don't want to see Kate Pine after a character like Sophie. That's basically kind of like, hey, you know what? I didn't even tell my husband about you or the relationship or anything about me. And this nail is essentially is 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 a liar. <laughs> she is this massive liar about all, all of this past history, all of these things played off Kate is just oh I just somebody I, I I went to the academy with and but we weren't close at all all of these little pieces that are just like really kind of like why should I like her character at this point and if Kate gets back with her well, she's getting into an abusive relationship essentially in, a, in an emotional sense it's an abusive relationship I'm like no I'm like you can't you can't undo that unfortunately yeah like you, you've already said this is who she is as a character you can't undo that now. Yeah, so exactly. Um, when it comes to Catherine and Mary, like you've pretty much said a majority of what I was feeling at the same time. Like Catherine, you're right. Why should we care? Like we haven't really seen anything. The only things I think we've been given, the only information we've been given about Catherine so far at this point is she's a rich socialite wife of Jacob, stepmother to Kate. That's that's the only information we've been given. And then all of a sudden they throw this, okay. She's working with somebody to eliminate the evidence that Alice might be related or is related to Kate and is actually Jacob's daughter. Like, right. We, there's no motivation as to why is she doing this other than the fact well, that she's she's the mayor. So, I mean, oh, see, and I completely miss that, to be totally honest yeah. with you. Like, I, I unless guess, unless I completely misunderstood that in the first episode, but I thought she was the mayor. Yeah, I see I, if, it, if that's the case, I completely missed it. Um, it was completely yeah. glossed over by me. Uh, and when it came to Mary, like I got like the first two episodes, I was like, yeah, this is a really cool character. She's working in secret to help people in the city, like in her, in her own way. She's another hero then, in the city. Right. And then, and then this, she, and, and she plays, she plays her normal self, kind of like that Batman or like dichotomy of like the Bruce Wayne kind of being more like the Clark, more like a Clark Kent where she's kind of bumbling and kind of seems ditzy, but in, in honesty, she's, she's, she's just really kind of like straight shooter and she just doesn't want to lose her ride essentially yeah you know because so. and then there's that one scene where she's in the elevator and she's like i'm a i'm a social media influencer you know do you have any idea what'll happen if you don't get me out of here i'm like oh god like please just stop yeah that a lot of the sequences from there i was not a fan no. of um because it felt like it undid all the good things that they did with her character by the end of the second episode too yeah and i'm like what are they doing <laughs> i'm like half of your cast is really cool the other cat half of your cast really shouldn't be part of the show anymore, <laughs> in my opinion. Because Jacob's kind of bland, too. Right now, I feel like the only characters they really have going for them right now are Alice, Kate, and Luke. And that's not enough. That's unfortunately not enough. And they need to course correct. They have to course correct. Yeah. I I, I, I think I'm in still for the until the end of the season. Oh, I am, too. But if yeah. I think... I, you know, I don't I don't think, you know, and we're only going to be talking about half of it, but I can say, you know, from my opinion, that I think, and I still can say, I think there's still really good bones to the show. I really think there's good bones here. They just need to figure out who their characters are. And I think sometimes that takes time. You look at any show that has started starts that way. Like, the best way I can say is look at Homer Simpson. Uh, the first season of The Simpsons, those characters are not the characters that people know today. Oh, not at, at all. all. They're completely I different mean, characters now. Right. I mean, and the same thing about pretty much most of the shows you think. Parks and Recreation is one of those other shows that people still adore. Oh, God. You, look, the, first the first season of that show is a complete different 
split I mean, as well. You so. you look at The Office. I mean, The Office is very similar to that where, you know, you watch that you go back and you watch the first episode, the first season of The Office. And dude, to me, Michael Scott is insufferable. Like he is a horribly, like really annoying character. But going into season two, like I absolutely love Michael. Like it's, you're right. There's different character developments that'll happen. And hopefully that's what's going to happen with Batwoman is we're going to start to, they're going to start making these tweaks and changes to these characters that hopefully attract them to us more. Yeah. Um, and we become more invested in these characters. But right now, yeah, there's still, you know, characters that we thought we would get invested in where we've lost interest in and characters we did find an invest in. Now we're starting to lose interest in. So, and it's only episode three. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? That's okay. I mean, it doesn't mean that that won't change and won't won't get fixed. So yeah, it's all good. Exactly. But I mean, at least hey, you, you mentioned you know Kate, Luke, and Alice. They're the three biggest characters of the series, and they're the ones that have stuck with us the most. So at least they're doing something right with those three. Yeah, and I, you know what? That's the important part. As long as they remain interesting, and now we've got this new character with Regan, and she could be something really interesting as well. So uh, I already was kind of like my. You know, my focus fell on her when she was on the screen in the scenes that she was in. And I'm like, cool, she's going to be sticking around. I'm good with this. Yeah, because I was kind of wondering about that, too. You know, we get that whole playoff of the two of them when they're, you know, when they're at the bar of the at the party talking to each other. And then when we see Regan pop up again and they exchange numbers, I'm like, OK, good. This means she's probably sticking around for a while. We're going to see her. Yeah, again. and that's 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 a good sign. And that's that's a that's that feels decent to know um, that we're going to be thankfully in a. I think we're going to be on a upward tra trajectory. Uh, but I will say this, though, too. Uh, and just because we really lightly glossed over Tommy, I really like the fact that they they played Tommy a little bit differently. Like, he, they, we don't know if he's a surgeon, um, you know, in this, or how he is getting all his money or all of these things. We know his mom's still alive. And it's kind of like bleeding him, dr like, uh, mentally dry. And because he's just wanting more and more and more. But like I said, they, they gave us enough of the traditional Tommy Elliott so far that I think we could get something cool. But I love the fact that we know that he paid he paid the Riddler to get Bruce's identity. I thought that was a nice little, okay, this is interesting. So, and that's now leaves the question, is Edward Nygma still in the city? So, um, it, it's we have so much more to explore about Gotham outside of what these first three episodes did. So I think even if we only have three or four characters that we really thoroughly like, we still have the whole mystery of what's still happening in Gotham that still has not really come to the forefront yet. So there's a lot to explore here. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with that completely. And it's, I, I thought that was a cool element of, you know, getting a Riddler mentioned in there as well. And um, so, yeah, so we'll see how that character plays out a little bit, you know, as we go forward. Uh, I think really the only other thing we need to mention about the episode is like, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast is we finally get the, the costume that we knew was coming when it came to Batwoman. Uh, you know, we get the red hair, we get the new outfit, we get the red emblem on the front. And I thought that was actually a really clever way to get that emblem to change is that it was actually a uniform, a costume repair yeah. that they were doing, you know, the, the, when, Luke was testing the rail gun on the costume and Kate says, you know, hey, are you going to fix that? That's how he fixed it. He gave her her own emblem on the on the costume. And I thought that was a really cool, really cool way to do that. Yeah. No, I liked it. Yeah. I, and I, I got to say, too, man, the costume designers this year have just knocked it out of the park. The Batwoman suit now that we see it in full, it looked great. I really enjoyed it. I think it looked 
it had a great look to it by the end. Like, granted, we've already seen it uh, from Elseworlds last year, but still, I, I it, it was it was great. We we haven't really talked too too much about the other suits. Like the Supergirl suit looks also fantastic. The new Flash suit looks fantastic. And then honestly, we and we have not even mentioned it, but man, the new Green Arrow suit is the best suit they've ever done for that character. Yeah. I, I am thoroughly loving the designs on all of them. Well, not only that, uh, you know, so, but yeah, but looking forward, I mean, like the Harbinger suit that we've seen looks great. Pariah looks great. Um, yeah, it, they the costume designers really stepped it up this season. The Kingdom Come Superman suit, everything that they're doing so far this year, as far as costume design, has been the best they've ever done. And I, I, I really, I, I got to say, it feels like the moment we saw the Godspeed suit, something changed. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're like, man, you know what? We can do better on everything yeah. that we create. And they're, they're proving it. I feel like they're really, really proving it. It's great to see all of our headlining heroes really just have like these phenomenal looks to their 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 you know characters this year they're not like oh my god everyone has to be in leather you know like this is not early 2000s x-men uh the x-men movies you know but they they're they found a way around it they found a way to make them look good and work and feel functional and but also having this really fantastic comic book style to them. So it's been fun. Yeah, and I think that's the key part right there is I think, you know, when these shows first started, they were like, okay, we got to make costumes that kind of stand out and look different. We got to be our own thing. And now costumes are starting to fall more and more closer to their comic book counterparts. And, you know, with them doing that, it's just working out so much better. Like these are these are characters that we're we've always been familiar with. That's one of the reasons why we watch these shows. And now we're starting to make a more connection to the characters that we love from the comics to the characters that we're we're going to love with them on television because of that correlation. They're starting to look more mm -hmm. like they popped off those comic book pages. And that I think is one of the reasons why we're starting to really love these costume designs this year. Right, definitely. So uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, looking to this week's episode of Batwoman, uh, season one, episode. Wow, it skipped. Okay, it, it skipped to episode five, which was weird. Uh, episode four, uh, titled Who Are You? A new villain with an eye for all things that sparkle drops in on the city. Kate attempts to find a balance between her personal life and her new role as Gotham's guardian. So, yay, we get to introduce the magpie this episode, yeah. which would be fun. Yeah, that's another fun fun villain uh so i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that yeah me too uh all right let's move on to supergirl season five episode three titled blurred lines kara tries to mend her relationship with lena john jones takes a deep dive into his memories kelly tries to help an old friend uh sean astin and carl lumby were in this episode let's move on to the flesh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's obviously there's some stuff that we need to talk about with with it. But I mean, uh, again, is there? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, again, I mentioned the highlight of the episode for me was obviously we got to see Carl Lumbee come back as Marin, uh, which was even if it was in a dream sequence, it was still great to see Carl Lumbee return. Uh, and we got Sean Astin appearing in this episode, which I didn't know yeah. was coming. I, it was a nice, pleasant no. surprise for me. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, you know, like I said, it's a shame too because it was such a boring episode. Yes. But yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was fun to see them both make appearances and looking like they made some uh, usage of um, some de aging a little bit on some characters. Yeah, especially uh, yeah, uh, Carl Lumby and David Harewood in particular. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised. I mean, like they they you know it wasn't like something like a you know a Marvel Studios quality like or a Disney film 
where you see them do this. But I mean, but they they did a decent job of making this characters actually looking younger. I was fairly surprised. Yeah, it was very subtle. Um, I mean, and even with David Harewood's voice, like he has a very deep pronounced voice, but it seems like even the tone of his voice, they kind of heightened a little bit. So it's it made him sound younger as well. Yeah, I mean, like he just he just did a really nice job in those sequences. And Carl Lumby is always just a thrill to watch. Um, and, you know, and it's it's great to see. And, you know, it's it's a shame, too, because Malefic 2 is also being voiced by such a great actor. Um, that being, you know, we're, we're having Phil Lamar voice him primarily yeah. when we see him as Malefic, which is, you know, I love Phil Lamar. I think he is one of the absolute best voice actors that are out there. And that's such a great group of people to put together. Phil Lamar, Carl Lumby, already working together previously on things like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, all that stuff. And David Harewood already being one of our favorite components of Supergirl as a whole. So I, anytime I can get an op- opportunity with the three of them together, cool, awesome. That's great. I love the idea. Except when it's doing nothing. Yeah. And that's what <laughs> exactly. happened here. Yeah, it's it, uh, it's it was disappointing. It was really disappointing. Yeah, the whole Malefic storyline in this episode really, um, you know, I think the only thing that came out of it is we're going to see the, the characters, obviously, of Kelly and James kind of go away for a little while, uh, you know, because we get that moment at the end. And I think maybe I don't know if this was them necessarily writing James off or if he's going to return and they're going to do something different to kind of write him off for good. Uh, you know, or leave. Yeah, that I was confused about that. Like on how that whole thing played, I was like, "What? What? Huh? Yeah, what's going on?" By the end, I yeah. was like, "Wait, what is happening? Like, why? Why are they leaving?" And it really it made me have to think about it. I'm like, "Okay, Malefic was was after Kelly. They're they're going somewhere, and you know, Alex and Kara aren't going to know, so that they can't they kind of they can't read their minds to find out. They're basically going into hiding. Is is what it is? But they never right. explain that." You know, it, yeah, it, they kind of just, just throw like, it at us. Yeah, it was. It played weird. It was played really, really weird. It felt like they, there was a there was like a one or mi- a one minute scene of dialogue that was cut because of time, and it was important. <laughs> so yeah, that's exactly how it felt. It, it, it felt, I, and I I really stopped. I backed it up, and I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, I was like, did I just miss something massive? I'm like, nope, that just played terribly. Yep. It yeah. just, it all of a sudden you see Alex hugging Kelly and like, you know, or Alex hugging James and be like, don't tell me where you're going. I'm like, wait, he's going like, what is happening? So yeah, it just, you're right. It does. It does seem like there was something cut and they just never explained anything that was happening. You kind of had to figure it out on your own. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was not going to lie. Um, a little, little bit weird. I want to, po- I want to mentioned something that I noticed and I don't know if you noticed this or not. Um, is it just me? There's a particular scene where Kara is outside um, talking to someone. I can't even remember who it is. And then James comes up behind her says like, I recognize those braids. And we get like that little scene with the two of them outside. Is it just me or does Mikad Brooks looked jacked? Because oh, we know cause... where he's going. We know why he's leaving. Well, no, he's already filming it. I mean, well, that, that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, it's he like, I mean, he was a built guy. Like, he was a muscular guy, even when he was playing Guardian the past couple seasons. But like, I saw him in that scene. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, dude is huge now. Yeah, it was. I, I think he was like wearing like that white shirt when they were outside. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I noticed too. I was like, 
wow, he uh, he booked up a yeah. lot to play Jax yeah. in Mortal Kombat. Which I'm really looking forward to because that's a good character. That's good casting when it comes to Mortal Kombat. But yeah, dude, dude got Jack to play that role. I, I, you know what? Cool. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so. me too. Um, I, I guess the only really other thing that I kind of, I mean, it seems like we're already coming to an end of the Brainiac Neonal kind of relationship. Uh, I disagree. Okay. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what's going to happen at this point. And just from following the show, I mean, and following the news, we know uh, Megan Rath is coming in to also play Brainiac 5. Oh, that's right. And and we knew one of the things was Brainiac was just like, kind of like, I'm giving you my everything. Uh, I'm giving you 100%. That's all I can do. So I think he's going to find a way to split his conscious in, in half. And that way he is only running kind of more like that 50% oh. and having another part of it that's running the other 50%, which is how we get maybe two Brainiacs. I don't know. It seems like that would make sense if that's – this is just a prediction. I don't know if this is true, that, but this is just my my prediction. It's an interesting prediction, and I kind of like it. I kind of would like yeah. to see – you know, because then not only is, is it fun watching Brainiac interact with everybody else, but it's going to be interesting and fun to watch him interacting with himself. Yeah, and it's it, and it's a really I I really love the fact that it's him and his sister going to be playing the character. And I and I love Megan Rath. Like I watch I actually I watch Hawaii Five O. I've watched it religiously since episode one. So and it's in its tenth season now. Um, and she is a key. She's one of the main cast members now in Hawaii Five O. She has been for the past two years. So um, I, I've grown to love her character. I've grown to love her as an actress. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see her pop up when she finally does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. So that's going to be cool. It'll be very cool. The other thing that I kind of feel like I'm really confused about is, you know, obviously we got Malifak as as one of the, I guess one of the big bads that we're getting so far. We still don't know what the hell is going on with William. Um, you know, it, it we saw him last week working in a, a food distribution center. So there was a little bit of good to him. This week we see him getting handed like thousands of like a, a big wad of cash in an envelope. So I really don't know where they're going with his character. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Uh, right now, the Catco stuff that they're doing is not been very interesting. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing if they can salvage it or do something interesting. But I, we, I have no idea. I generally have no idea. Yeah. Um, the only other note I have on the episode, and then I'll turn it back over to you. If you have anything in addition is, you know, uh, we've mentioned a number of times that the greatest villains are always the villains that think they're doing true good. Um, they're just not doing it properly. And I feel like maybe that's a route they're going with Lena is that she really feels like she's doing the, for the good of the people by creating this way to separate people from emotions to get better people out of it. And but now we're getting the whole Lex Luthor, you know, mind manipulation uh, coming out of out of Lex's journals, as we see by the end. Um, but I still feel like they're still trying to find their footing with that story when it comes to her. It's still try it still yeah. feels like it's stumbling a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I, I'm curious. To, I am curious to see where it's going to go. I mean, I think the whole angle of that, her, well, for Supergirl to be as naive as she was this episode was a little weird too. That's also one of the things that dinged me down to a sidekick, and I'm like, she's like, well, it's Lex's journals are locked up in like this whole police custody thing, and she's like, well, I can go and break in for you and steal this crucial evidence, yeah. you know, because that's something that Supergirl does. <laughs> that was. 
it didn't make sense. It was it felt like lazy writing. I it was disappointing to see them just kind of like, no, Kara's smarter than that. It was it was it was like we know Kara is smarter than that, and I it was kind of I don't know. Like here's here's my purpose and point. They're at in Catco, and she's looking at William, and she's like, his heart rate was elevated. This was happening. He was doing this. He's lying. And then you have the same sequence later on with like Lena doing all this stuff. And she's like, sure, I'll do this for you. Absolutely. And I'm like, that was in the same episode (laughs) where Lena was blatantly lying to her in her face. And we just saw that Kara can pay attention to when that's happening. And that's it was lazy writing. It was really lazy writing. Yeah, I I don't don't know. I mean, it's yeah, I feel the same way. It's just kind of like it felt lazy. Like you said, it's just uh, again, we mentioned it at the top of the podcast when we were doing the reviews and we talked about it last week. I still feel like Supergirl is one of those shows that because of crisis kind of had to split their seasons into two uh, and they just didn't know what to do with this first half. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like that's really showing at this point. It's oh yeah. Hopefully, it picks up a little bit more. Um, we you know we do know at some point the monitor is going to appear on Supergirl. We just don't know when. Yeah, that might not uh, be until like near the bitter end um, of right before it starts. I, that, I would not be surprised if that's the case. So probably I, I could see that as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, unless there's anything else, no, I'm good. For, I'm good. From you. All right. Uh, Looking forward to this week, uh, season five, episode four, In Plain Sight. Kara's investigation into William Day's criminal activities results in the shocking revelation he may not, uh, he is not who she thinks he is. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Meanwhile, the conflict between Malefic and John reaches a boiling point. Uh, Interesting note. I don't know if it's just something that imdb has done or if this is true to the case uh but they have julie gonzalo listed as both andrea uh, andrea rojas and akrata so i don't know if maybe we're gonna get the debut of akrata or not i don't know we shall see well we're gonna have to wait and find out but we'll so, find out soon enough well i mean she's, uh that's just who she is i think so it's she's not doing double duty it is that is just who she is got it yeah. Uh, well, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I know that's the case. But she, like, when I'm, I said premiere, like, are we going to oh, get the yeah. reveal rather? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll probably get the reveal that she's our season big bad. And I'm like, yay, she's boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> go back to dodgeball. Yeah. Um. Anyway, nothing against the actress. No, she, no, no, no. It's, 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 man, it's the character. It, it's man. I just want last season again. <laughs> I know last season was so good. It was just so good. It was just so, so good. I'm. Again, I still have full faith that this is going to be a good season. It's just a really, it's a rocky start. That's all. Yeah. I mean, and I know we usually do Facebook feedback and everything too, but I, I really haven't done much because there wasn't much this 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 uh, this week. You know, people with Batwoman just said, hey, the episode was way too short. You know, that was awesome. Can't wait for next week. This episode, the only feedback that was really there was, you know, I loved the guest star. And I didn't get the emojis that came with it until I watched the episode. It's a crown, a ring, and a and an elf. Um, nice. So now I now I totally get what that was. Um, but yeah, there just wasn't a lot of feedback this week on Facebook. So I guess people were just kind of feeling the same way we were about these episodes. Yeah, I guess so. So, 
Uh, but let's move on to The Flash, Season 6, Episode 3, Dead Man Running. Barry prepares a member of Team Flash for life without him while hunting a terrifying metahuman with an unquenchable thirst. Ralph uncovers a family secret. Um, let's just get the Ralph stuff out of the way because I know we feel a little bit differently on it. You you kind of felt like it was a tonal change and kind of a, you know. Oh, a, and again, I think it was stall. good. It just felt, it felt like it was in the wrong episode. That's all. If if nothing else, would it because you know Ralph is a character we have definitely grown to love, and we do know that Sue Dibney's coming into the season, most likely in the second half of the season, um, and and that excites me to know that Sue is coming in because Ralph has been one of those characters that it's been fun watching him grow into the character that he's become so far, and knowing what we know about his character currently, you know, with the book of Ralph and and everything, and how he's still kind of a ladies' man. We know that there is still so much more growth to come from Ralph, especially when Sue comes in. So when we get those scenes with like his mom, you know, seeing how, you know, relationships with that his mom has been in has affected him and his mom by the end saying like, I, I've never want I didn't want that life for you. I want you to find somebody to settle with and things like that. And knowing that that's coming, that got me excited. And that's one of the reasons why I really liked the elements of what they brought in with Ralph because as fans, we know that's coming. Yeah. And it's just a matter of the anticipation of waiting for it to finally happen. Indeed. So that was, that was basically my viewpoint of why I actually enjoyed the Ralph stuff, but I definitely do see what you, what you mean in how it kind of, it kind of stalled the episode a little bit because it felt like it didn't fit. Yeah, no, and that's really all it was for me is it just, it felt like it was in the wrong episode. It wasn't that it played poorly or i think it was acted poorly i think it was a fun sequence too it just felt like when we were going from one storyline to the other i'm like wow this is <laughs> this is two totally different things uh and that's fine it, it, it's just it didn't play up to me as well but it was still i think i think it was still done well so um okay. I, I will say though um i i don't know if it's just me but like Dude, Cecile cracks me up. Like, I loved her interactions with, like, just the random people, like, when they were in, like, the mob, uh, you know, the mob bar that, like, that was, where yeah. they were, like, doing stuff. Like, everything that she did, like, her humor, when it comes out, is just spot on. It's like, it, 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 it mirrors Joe's humor in such a wonderful way. Uh, but she seems like she can play with almost anybody on that cast flawlessly. I, I'm really happy that they're doing more with her, and I'm looking forward to seeing her kind of continue to be a large larger part of the show so yeah i i agree with you I, I and i didn't even really think about that till now until you kind of brought it up and you're right she has been a character who you know when we first introduced when we're first introduced to her a couple seasons back as you know as joe's as joe's new love interest it was like okay she's good like she's a great character they they interact really well but i think They've really found a strong suit when it came to her. And it was even something when it first happened, when they gave her metahuman abilities, it was like, oh, what, like, do you really have to give Cecile like abilities? But as we've progressed forward with it, man, it has built her character and made her character so much greater, even than she already was. Oh, yeah. Be 
because like you mentioned, we're getting those great interactions of her, you know, reacting to different people because we know she can read the emotions and such. So it, yeah, you're right. It's just been a fun thing to watch. When it comes oh yeah. To I mean, like, and like her watching, uh, you know, helping them win the card game, <laughs> you know, all these little pieces. Well, yeah, they, they flubbed in the end, but still it was just watching all of that play was just so funny, but it was even her little like background comments, like say what now, <laughs> you know, things like that. Like as they were going, it it brought a lot of 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 fun to an already over the top sequence, and it played great. I think it played really well. So, and I think and I think a lot of that goes to goes to the credit of Danielle Nicolette too, because you know, I think she's found a point where, like, I'm sure she's always had fun playing this character, but now they've given her new elements to have fun with, and I think she's just enjoying the hell out of it. Oh my god! Absolutely, as an actress, yeah. she's just having so much fun playing this character now because of these new things that they've given her to work with, and I think that really shows when you watch the episode and you watch it on screen. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, right. yeah, I'll go ahead. Bring us in with with something else to talk about with the episode. Sure. So we got a brand new uh, uh, Wells this episode. Yes, we did. Yeah, we got Harris and Nash Wells. Uh, and man, he played fantastically. <laughs> I, I loved what he's doing. I, I think it's it, it does feel very different than all the other previous ones. We are very much getting this Indiana Wells, essentially. And it, it's it's very interesting as far as what they're looking for. Because what they're looking for changes everything. Um, Eternium, in the fact that if you're not familiar with it, you, Ben, or the listeners, well, Eternium is very tied to Shazam. Uh, that's what happened when the Rock of Eternity exploded. It was scattered its way across the multiverse, and it has become an element called Eternium. Once it's all pulled together, horrible, horrible things can happen, and it's the one thing that can kill the wizard Shazam. So, uh, it's the question of what they're doing with it. And how uh, my guess is this is going to play heavy, and I mean heavy into crisis. Yeah. Uh, so I looked it, into it a little bit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this because I'm like that's really, really smart, especially with what I think his Oliver is is helping the monitor put together, I, uh, I, and how they think- play together is going to be very unique. Yeah, I th- I think I have an idea what you might be alluding to when it comes to at- when it comes to yeah, I can, Oliver just, I, I can is, say it. is helping build. It, it, it's the tuning fork. It's yes, the, yep. the tuning forks uh, that are on all of the different Earths. Um, in through both not only Crisis on Infinite Earths, but it's also what we see Alexander Luther build in uh, Infinite Crisis as well. Um, you know, many years later when they did that back in like what was it, early two thousands, uh, when we saw that story play out because those tuning forks are one of the things that helped save. The, these some of these universes and it might be the, what keeps Earth One alive. Um, so I think that's probably what we're seeing happen here between everything that you know we're gonna see Wells do and then potentially if there is a tie in together with what Marnevo is doing. So it's a big wait, wait and see. But uh, I'm pretty at least fairly certain that's exactly what we're seeing on the Arrow side, though. Yeah, I, I agree with you too because after looking into it a little bit, I, I started to see. A little bit of that come forward and if that's the case that's going to be another cool new element to crisis that i wasn't expecting that will be fun to watch yeah you know is, yeah. is that is that element come together and i think if that's the case i think we're going to find out a little bit more about that before crisis even hits oh maybe yeah, a, an episode or two we're going to find out that's exactly what he's doing yeah i mean i i, I think we're going to see it so 
Um, there's something that's been happening on, on the Flash and in the Arrowverse lately, and I'm wondering what your opinion of it is. We've gotten quite a few mentions as of late of Ted Kord, um, who, you know, if you're unfamiliar with the character, we know is the, the Blue Beetle. It's actually what Ray Palmer was based off of when they couldn't have, when they didn't have the access to Ted Kord at the time. Right. So, yeah, he is the second Blue Beetle. Um, and the current Blue Beetle still is Jaime Reyes. So. Yes. Do we think there is a chance we could meet the Blue Beetle at some point? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's still going to stay off the board. I, I would be surprised if they did bring him in, um, because I don't know where he would fit, in all honesty. Uh, if you had somebody like that, that's a character that would have come in in Legends of Tomorrow. But we already know that's probably not going to be the case, because they probably are casting, they're, they're using the new Adam. Um, but yeah. It doesn't make any sense, I think, for them to be doing it. So it's all good, but you know, I would still, I would still kill to see it. But if I, if I see Ted, I want to see Michael as well. I want, I want blue and God. gold. I know, but man. I, I, I want booster gold so bad in the Arrowverse. In yeah. like, even if it's just in an episode of Legends, like in the future, I want booster gold in some way, shape, or form. Like that's the yeah. one thing I've been craving for so long. Yeah, but uh, you know what? Like I said, it, it was great to see them bring it up because again, Court Industries has been that name has been floated so much. Since the first season of Arrow, um, you know, it, it's it's been some, one of those few things that they've said over and over and over, uh, bringing up this character and never getting a chance to use him. It's one of the few characters they constantly kept bringing up a name to that never paid off. But it's, you know, I, I it's still always great to hear even that name uttered anywhere, uh, you know, because, again, he's such a wonderful character in the comics and. You know, it's a character that didn't get a lot of love. And especially once he kind of gotten erased for the most part from the DC lexicon um, after things changed, like, um, you know, with with Rebirth, well, not Rebirth, but uh, the new 52 uh, kind of wiping him out of existence. And it wasn't only until recently that he kind of has been back into the mix at all, but he's still not the Ted Cord that we know. So but any mention of him always makes my heart happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I always get there's always just like a little tinge of excitement anytime we we hear the note the, uh, the name Cord pop up mm -hmm. uh, for any reason. Um, I really think the at least in my opinion, there's only two other things we need to talk about with the episode. There's the the Caitlin aspect of it, and that kind of kind of ties into um, the preparing oh, the, the rest of the team. Well, yeah, and the blood it, work, yeah. It, yeah, it ties together Ramsey's story, Caitlin's story, and Barry's story all actually kind of nicely this week. They did a decent job, I think, of getting those three things to kind of fit together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, it's uh, we're definitely getting to see more of blood work, especially because we got, you know, the meta that's mentioned in the uh, the 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 synopsis of the episode uh, is Mitch Romero, which is I I guess correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I was watching this properly. Was he if not created by by Ramsey? Yeah, it was the end of the episode okay. two. He was the that's person what I that thought. Yeah, he he, he um, you know it was the uh, person that was selling the Metatech uh, at the end of episode two when he was trying to get more dark matter. And what happened when that was when the price went up. We saw Ramsey attack him at the end of the episode in that stinger scene. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. That's who we have here. It's like we saw him get up, um, you know, kind of from like this slab. And we find out in this episode that basically Ramsey can control him. 
was it was it just me or did it seem like almost for a short period of time there uh ramsey kind of didn't realize he created this metahuman oh no he definitely didn't he definitely didn't realize that he was okay like he he knew there was a tie between the two of them but he did not realize like he's still trying to figure out what happened to his body and at the end of this episode we started to see him put the, the pieces together so it's going to be fun watching him because he is playing this villain in a very interesting way. And I really loved the conversations between him and Barry this episode of them both kind of talking about their mortality of where like Ramsey looked at him and was like, you're just like my mom. It's kind of like you, you were able to accept what was happening and kind of continue to live as long as you could where he's like, all I want to do is fight. And we're seeing kind of two, two sides of, mort- uh, of mortality play out in a really smart way. And I, I thought it was really interesting. And then Caitlin's kind of the chaotic balance between the two of them of where she's trying to live but doesn't know how to. So I think it played. I think it played really, really well. Uh, the one thing I will say is, God, man, Barry should never dance ever again. No, I agree with you. <laughs> but I, I loved it. I loved it. So much. And the funny thing is we know Grant actually can dance incredibly well from like his stints we saw in Glee and things oh, and like Glee, that. Oh, Glee, yeah, past. in the musical and, yeah. episode. and yeah, Right. But yeah, it was so funny watching him just like ham it up. And it was I, I love whenever they get a chance to do that. So I, I thought about that. I thought about that, too. And you're right. Like, it's just fun knowing because, yes, like Barry is a hero. He is the Flash. He's very intelligent but he's still uh you know a typical white boy on the dance floor and it's just like it's it was so fun to watch it was only for a quick moment but it was um but i will say too like you're right we get that whole dance with mortality with obviously uh we're we're seeing barry kind of come to terms with the, with his own mortality knowing that it's probably going to be very short lived uh you know renee fighting to kind of save his own and caitlin with the with the information now that crisis was going to kill everybody uh or there's a strong possibility of that happening her wanting to live you know she doesn't want to die before she's ever had a chance to live and seeing that how that's affecting her it really was very heartwarming to know because we got that scene where she's like i've never i haven't even been alive long enough to have a birthday yet you know have a party and barry was like the person the typical barry that he was threw her a birthday party which was really cute. It, it was, was so it, heartwarming, yeah. It was. And it, it was, you know, it's something that feels like it's been missing a little bit from The Flash the last couple of years is these heartwarming sequences. Like, we get them every once in a while, but, like, seeing Barry actually be happy, and even though he knows something horrible is coming, we still saw him be the Barry that we fell in love with back in season one. And I, I think that the fact that they're getting back to that in such a great way uh, it was wonderful. And the fact that we even see him tell the team, and like, this is what's going to happen. And like they didn't play it out. They didn't drag this idea out. They were like, no, this is this is the truth. And I'm just letting you guys know this is what we have to start looking at. And they all kind of accepted it. I like the fact that we saw them handle it the way that they did. It feels like they're not going to they're not extending it out for drama's sake. Any of those things. They're really just getting into it. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you completely. They're they're diving head on into everything that's going to be happening with Crisis, and you know, it, one of the things I will applaud the show on is you know we knew that Flash was going to be heavy Crisis, uh, heavy handed with Crisis going into this season because it, I mean, shit, they've they've Crisis has been a part of the Flash since season one, um, you know, and now everything is finally coming together. But they've really done a really great job of balancing. Uh, the elements of crisis that they have to deal with in this and still giving us 
an actual season of The Flash. Like it hasn't been all about crisis. There's other things that are going on, you know, especially with the whole blood work element. And they it's been a really great balance of the two. Yeah, they've definitely. they've been able to do it really well. Mm-hmm. So um, looking forward to this week's episode of The Flash season six, episode four, there will be blood. Barry's efforts to prepare Cisco for crisis are derailed when Cisco schemes to save Barry's life instead. Uh, Ramsey uses his deadly new ability to save his own life while sacrificing his humanity in the process. So it looks like um, Cisco is going to probably ruin things. Uh, we'll see. Um, and most likely we're going to see probably close to a full transformation, uh, for Uh, blood work. Yeah. Which would be cool to see. Again, I'm really enjoying the, this front half of the season so far. Uh, it's been a really, really fun one. So yeah. Agreed. All right. That leaves us with the final show for this week. That being arrow season eight, episode two, welcome to Hong Kong. Oliver, John, Laurel, and Tatsu seek out an important person within the Monitor's plan. Connor has a heart-to-heart with his brother, which we're not probably not even going to talk about. Um, I want to kick things off with this, and I just want to say, um, holy shit, Katie Cassidy, well done this episode. Mm-hmm. The elements of this episode coming to grips and dealing with the fact that her world is gone were some of my favorite moments of this episode. I really, really, really loved this this episode. Uh, as far as a lot of those points, like I think she she was really the the standout here in this episode. Yes, agreed. It was like coming like and and that's the real like that's the real element the the element of part of like dealing with a like dealing with a tragedy and like i mean and not just like a tragedy of like her family and friends are gone like her whole world is gone like mm-hmm. not in a literal sense in a physical sense it it's, went boom <laughs> and like not in a figurative sense yeah in a literal sense her world is gone like it's she's not just dealing with like friends and family she's dealing with her entire life is like completely gone so like you saw her pretty much in this episode go through all the stages of grief you know when it came to denial to acceptance like it again i just i i sum it up by just saying god well fucking done like that it was she was phenomenal this episode yeah i think they did a great job with that i really did the only thing that drove me nuts was the person working on the tech I'm like oh that's a that's a transdimensional breach thing and i'm like how the fuck do you know that and i'm sorry for my language but like, <laughs> i said like, fuck like twice already so yeah <laughs> But it was like, seriously, no, you, you, you're you some random person that has never seen this tech at all, ever. The only two people that have ever <laughs> seen this are the folks in Star Labs. You don't know what this is. Don't call it what it is. And don't be like, oh, this is either this is an easy fix. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> so that was the only thing that took me out of any of that or this episode. But that was actually one of the main reasons I dinged at this in my score. I hated the fact that they did that. I'm like, no. I understand that this is kind of like whenever you like have a TV show and you talk about an EMP and they're like, what's an EMP? It's an electromagnetic pulse. And I'm like, we all know this. Everyone knows <laughs> yeah, this at this point. Exactly. I do understand this is the first time for everyone to hear something. And I know maybe this is the first time for people in the Arrowverse to know what they're looking at, like because they only watch Arrow. But still, I don't care. Stop doing that. Stop yeah. talking down to your audience. Yeah. <laughs> But you're right. Like they kind of, they kind of also at the same time kind of made it like, you know, a transdimensional breach device is like a commonplace item in this world. Like it's, you know, the fact that he knew what it was just by looking at it. It's like, wait, really? Like 
are they that common that you knew just by looking at it like that's what it was like hey or, you or, got the new ipod like no it's not that common or just I'm the sure. fact that they're like oh you know there's all these other earths that we can visit because everyone knows this and i'm like no stop that <laughs> exactly it, it, that it, i i I'll be honest it took me out of the episode so hard and like i was like no Random people don't know these things exist. That's been the idea of this entire universe for the longest time. The only people that kind of do are Cadmus. That's it. Just, just that's it. And I'm like, yeah, it, yeah, you're right. The fact that this like random scientist knew about the multiverse and breaching, it's like, no, it's not that well known that you would just happen to know about it. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, and I agree. I agree with that. that. That does take you a little bit out of the episode. Um, yeah, the, but it's the, all good. I, I digress. I apologize. <laughs> uh, the other thing I really wanted to bring up about this, and then we can go into the whole Oliver ep- of the episode. <coughs> Excuse me. Was we we kind of didn't know what way they were going to go with Lila and Harbinger. Like I was very I my train of thought, my thinking was that they were going to play it similar to uh, Kavanaugh and Pariah. He was going to play Wells and he was going to play Pariah. They were going to be two separate characters. But it looks like by the end of this episode, she has been Harbinger the entire time. Well, I think I, I made that. I thought uh, you that, did. Yeah, you that, did. That thought last week saying, I was like, I have a feeling it's been her all along. And I said, I was like, I was like, that would be incredibly awesome if that's what they did. And that's a that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, this is going to be fun to watch. This is going to be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, because it, it, uh, it begs the question, is she from another Earth? Is she from another planet? Like, uh, because I'm not too from I'm only slightly familiar with the Harbinger character. So knowing that I don't think. I think they're going to play it a little bit differently because technically if she's from another planet, then that technically means that Connor and John are half alien. No, not, not John or not Connor. Cause Connor is, uh, um, JJ, J- JJ, JJ would be the JJ. one. Yeah. But JJ like, would be half alien. Would he not? Well, depending on what they're doing with it. I mean, I, I generally don't know how they're going to handle this. Like this is, there's a lot of history of this universe that they have to make this function with and work. So they could do anything. They could have just been like, she's been working with Marnevo and has always been on Earth One the entire time. And it just, that was the first person that made contact, he made contact with. Maybe it was because of her work as being a soldier and all these things and says, I need you to do X and help put these things in place to be prepared for this moment that's going to come in the future. She and, she was re- basically recruited rather than she wasn't from somewhere else. She was recruited right. by Marnevo. That's yeah. the way that I think they're going to handle it. And I'm like, cool, that's fine. Do it. Do it I'm fine way. with that. Yeah. But I love they, the fact that they they said and they didn't wait and said, "Yep, Lila's been part of this since since day one." And I'm like, awesome, cool. Let's do it up. Uh, and I love that. I loved that angle. Uh, the one angle I wasn't a big fan of is like Tatsu being like, "Oh yeah, you know Marnevo." And like, I'm like. What, what what is going on? How does everybody know <laughs> yeah. all of these things happening? And I'm like, and they didn't really have them interacting. Nothing like you could have done something more with this. Like that he's also been recruiting other heroes all over, you know, all the the, the multi uh, the multi uh, you know multiverse to saying, okay, we have to be prepared for this. Like you, we need even if it's just a foot soldier, you know, or somebody that's a general in all of this, like something, but they didn't really do anything with it. It was just kind of like, they just had Katana be like, yep, cool. I'm like, <sighs> so this is a little disappointing there too. Again, we had amazing action sequences. We, I think it was still a good, strong, solid chapter too. Yeah. Uh, of all of these things, but there was <sighs> having the, the, 
having Crisis creeping into Arrow, you would expect it to be a little bit cleaner. And it's 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 kind of just they're just going with it, kind of like you know, like the world of the Flash has been has infected everything that's happened elsewhere outside of Star City, where everybody now has all this knowledge all across all of Earth One, and it feels like um, very disingenuous. And I think that's the best way I can put it. No, and and I kind of feel the same way. It's it's one of those things like. <sighs> The fact that, like, I understand, like, Arrow is playing a big part of it, especially because of Oliver and Oliver's journey uh, we're going through. And I like the fact that, don't get me wrong, like, I, I like the fact we talked about this last week that they've brought Diggle on board uh, to help out. Uh, they've brought, you know, and basically Renee and Dinah are, it seems like, might be playing background characters. But I think they might be brought in later on as well uh, as we continue forward. But the fact that they're kind of they're kind of making these elements of crisis more commonplace than they should be. Um, you know, cause crisis should be this big mystery that only certain people are, uh, are in the know about, but you, you know, we talked about Dr. Wan know about multiple earths and the breaching device. We talk about Tatsu knowing, you know, having been visited by Marnevo and, and the monitor before um, you're right. It kind of, it kind of takes it away a little bit from the episode and not in a major way, but it, it's no, it's, it, it's more head scratcher moments, I think, more than anything else. And I think, and that's not a terrible thing. It's just, um, it makes you question are they, the fact, really what it boils down to is not question it. It is they need a way to address the problems, but they don't have the opportunity or time to have to have these characters come to terms with it because they're doing 10 episodes. That's really what it is. That's ultimately what it is. They, they're not going to be like, well, Hey, Katana, by the way, multiple Earths exist. Hey, there's this giant looming threat that's going to destroy potentially every world in existence. They they don't have time to have that conversation in full and have her come to terms with all these things, deal with maybe the fact that like her husband and son on another Earth exist and all these things, and she may be able to save them. They don't have time like that to, to kill. And I think that's and, and that's exactly why they're doing what they're doing. Like they have to gloss over these things. Yeah. But it's it still doesn't mean it doesn't make it a little unnerving, I think, for the audience to be like, wait, huh? How? How? <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. But that's really what it boils down to. They have limited time. They have 41 to 42 minutes based on week to week to complete their objective. And they only have eight episodes to be prepared for Crisis to happen. Not, not un- they don't have 10. Like, the season's 10, but they only have so much time. And that makes me question why they're doing the future arc. Like, you really need to be focused on the things that you're building towards, not some story that doesn't really connect right now. Like, we know it's going to connect because of some leaked photos and things like that of of certain characters from 2040 playing a, a small role in Crisis. But um, it, it, it's it's a little frustrating. So Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And it's just, it's been... You know, it's just been an interesting watch, and I agree with you. I don't know why they're doing the future Flash fours as well. Um, not just because they're they're boring to me, but because I just, you know, I know they're going to use it to piggyback into the new spinoff that they're going to be doing of Green Arrow and the Canaries. But you know, you could have saved that and did a couple flash forwards maybe towards the end, or do them now and then just kind of prepare for it later. I, you know, I don't know. It's. It's just been interesting. Yeah, it's it's been odd. It's just been there's, it's an odd choice. 
um, the showrunner, yeah. showrunner uh, you know, best reports. I think she's done some really cool things already to start the season, but this is an odd choice still, in my opinion. So, yeah, but hey, agreed. it's all good. That's that's purely opinion. So um, I, the only other thing I have to mention, too, is, you know, we didn't we talked about Katana uh, Tatsu coming back, but we meant we didn't mention China White making a return do to we, this episode as well. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah, I guess we Yeah, I guess we don't really have to. Well, it, um, that's, it was the end of China White, though. So, hey. Yes, uh, you know, and I, we don't talk about the flash forwards basically because we're just really they, they really hold no interest to us. So we apologize to anybody who watches these and enjoys the flash forwards. Um, we just we kind of check out when they happen. Yeah, and it's um, not that like, look, there's a lot of really, I think, talented people in that are, are, are parts of the that cast. There really are like and I generally think that's 100 percent true for us. Because of what we're doing with our show, it's harder to be invested in that part, especially when we weren't invested in it originally. So, kind yeah, of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and we don't want to be disingenuous to you guys as well. And be like, oh, that was really cool, and this is awesome. When we disagree with that, we 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 generally when we say we don't understand why this is currently happening for their final season and the way they're doing things, especially when like we know like essentially the final episode of a show that a lot of people are huge fans of is a backdoor pilot for something else makes it feel a little disappointing. Um, like it's, a, it's a bit of frustration and I'm sure there's a lot of arrow fans out there that are like, well, the main character of the show might be getting short shafted <laughs> because you know, the final episode of even their show is not really even going to be about them, but about moving their legacy to somebody else. And I don't know how people generally feel about it. I generally don't know. Cause like I have been a fair weather fan of arrow for the last couple of years. Um, not because of any of the cast members, but just because it, the, the show just kind of lost its footing for me personally. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. So, yeah, I'm very curious. I mean, it, it, feel, send us a message um, on, on Facebook. Like if you're a, a big Arrow fan, like send us a personal message. I'm generally really, really curious to see um, what your opinion is of how this is going to wrap up. Uh, and if this final episode really is just more about me and the cast from 2040, then it is the characters that you guys love that's been around since episode one. So I'm generally, I would love to hear that from that, from you guys. Uh, yeah, I, I would too. I'd be very interested to see what other people, what other people feel about yeah. it. Um, yeah. So this coming week of Arrow season eight, episode three, leap of faith reunited with his sister. So we're going to see the return of Thea. Uh, Oliver and Thea find, find themselves searching through a familiar maze of catacombs. John and Lila partner on a special ops mission. Uh, very important to note too. This episode is directed by Katie Cassidy. Yeah. The, and the return to Panda Narbot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which is going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, I always love her, but I know. Ah, uh, thank you, Brian Galine. I love you. <laughs> Pandan, yeah. He I actually, didn't gloss. I didn't gloss over that, by the way. I heard it. Oh, I know. And the beautiful thing is, too, is uh, a while back. Um, uh, this is just a little kind of fun side story. So, Brian, uh, from uh, if any of you are still uh, fans from DCR, uh, Distressed Citizens Radio, from where Sean and Brian, when they used to do their their weekly show on comics, um, Brian, uh, like I said, he's been on our show a couple times. And he's been doing some comics. And there is a little kid's book that he did called The, uh, the Dinosaur Who Ate Comet, Comets, which is really cute, really fun. And I have a copy uh, that I just wanted to make sure just because I thought it was just well done. Uh, but when he did that, he said, hey, can I draw you something? 
And I said, yes, I want you to draw me Panda Narbot as a hero slash villain of the DC universe. <laughs> so I actually have a tiny little sketch from Brian of Panda Narbot, the, the, the DC character. Oh, that's so. really cool. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, 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 I know we're, we're we're wrapping things up with the shows and, and jumping in the news, in which there's really not a lot. Um, but the one note about Supergirl I completely forgot to mention is this is the first time in a while we've gotten uh, a Marvel-DC crossover. Uh, because this week's villain on, on Supergirl was basically Spider-Woman. Yeah, yeah, pretty you know? much. <laughs> but bad joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for the breakdowns of the episode this week. Uh, but, you know, let's, uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to you for the little news that there is this week. Yeah, and when I say little news and Ben says little news, we really mean it. I had... <laughs> I, I essentially have three stories and a rumor. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. Well, I mean, because um, crisis news is basically going to be done because crisis is just wrapped filming. So we're not going to be getting any more special announcements of of guest stars or anything like that. And until probably closer to when it airs. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, and it sounds like, you know, we can say this. It's not part of the news story, but, um, you know, it sounds like all of the primary filming is complete. Like I said, we know Amel wrapped, wrapped shooting last week. Uh, he even, you know, stated, uh, which was really funny. There was a great video of um, that he put out talking about that. But there was a video that came out a day or two before. And his final scene, which, which was uh, part of Crisis, was with Grant. And he actually fell asleep on set. For I saw the video of that during, too, during which the scene, and he, which was great. And it mimics back to Crisis on, on uh, Earth X when he said one of his favorite moments was when they were shooting a scene with uh, with Melissa, and Melissa was snoring and just <laughs> yeah. out during one of the sequences because it's a they have a really really intense shooting schedule for this, so we know that those guys just get exhausted and they get the sleep that they can. But I, I think it's great that one of his final moments mimics one of his favorite moments from a previous crossover. So. And I love, and I love the fact that the, the video that he posted of that was, I think the comment that he put was like in eight years, it was bound to happen. Yeah. It, you know, cause yeah, I think he was, he was snoring. Wasn't he? That's why they actually stopped yeah. the scene. He's like, was, was I snoring? Was he snoring? Uh, <laughs> and then just Grant coming in and just making a dig at him. It's hard to hear what he's saying exactly, but, uh, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's a great video. Yeah, it's a great. And then again, he has another great just final shot too of just uh, just him talking about the end of crisis. If you get a chance, definitely head over and check out Stephen's stuff. But um, but we also know that he finished uh, his his filming for uh, I believe just about every show at this point minus I, Arrow. He's still, I, I think he still has one more episode of Arrow to film, and, and right. he's done. It's a wrap on a Mel. Yeah, it'll be a wrap on a Mel. Uh, we know the final episode is called. Uh, I think it's called Fade Out. Fade Out. Yep. Uh, yeah. Fade out or fade? Uh, no, fade out. You're it, right. Uh, yeah. Fade out. Yeah. Um, and then it's the final part of the script is fade to black. Um, is the final lines of this in this uh, of the script um, or the pieces of the script that we saw? Yeah. Uh, but not only are we talking about a mill finishing wrapping up shooting, uh, we also are prepared to say goodbye to someone else. Uh, Brandon Routh uh, has shot his final sequences for Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, and he said, my final day of, fil of filming with my Legends family, uh, I love you and I, uh, I love you all and appreciate the five seasons we have spent together. Hasn't always been easy, but I think that's what makes it harder to leave and getting through the growing pains of the first two seasons had, has bonded us and made the last three seasons an absolute blast. I've never been in a job this long, so this is new for me. I will miss you all and the fun that we've had making the silly show on the Wave Rider as much as I'll miss bringing Ray Palmer to life. 
love and blessings on a great finish to the season. And that was his final messages. We also had Dominic Purcell uh, also put out a little something too about wrapping up. He says, uh, Brandon, it's been an absolute joy working with you on Legends of Tomorrow and with DC Comics. Going to miss you heaps. You're a gentleman and a consummate professional and one of the funniest and most peculiar humans I've ever met. I need a lot more like you in the world. Much good fortune moving forward to you and your family. May you get an absolute gem of a role next. Love you, brother. So really, really cool and touching kind of end to good old Ray Palmer, uh, like I said, you know, and Brandon, because, again, he's been such a great part of just the Legends family for so long. So, yeah, They're, which is fantastic. The grammar, the grammar Nazi in me wants to correct Dominic's twit, tweet uh, because he uses the wrong your when he says you're a gentleman. Uh, he doesn't use the Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. He uses the Y-O-U-R. Um, but I also know how Twitter works, and you only have a limited number of characters. So with as long as this tweet is, he may have had to change it to that version just so he could fit <laughs> it. So I'm not going to criticize because it was still very heartfelt and was really cool to read. Not to mention if you ever see him, he could probably He will ass, whoop my so. ass just for mentioning it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, on to some news about Batwoman. Um, so like I said, Ruby Rose, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, actually suffered a pretty severe neck injury uh, that required emergency surgery. Um, and it was something that could have injured her permanently for a very, very long time if they didn't do anything. But she did say uh, she's definitely going to be cutting back on any stunts that she's personally doing on the show. Uh, just because, you know, she now has a permanent scar across her neck, you know, from where they had to go in. But uh, it was it was pretty severe. So they, she did say she's not done with stunts, but she's definitely going to be taking a backseat for quite some time. Because uh, they said essentially she broke her neck um, is the is what the doctor said, and she even stated. Uh, stated. Um, and they said it was a stunt that lasted for about seven hours. Uh, and initially they thought she broke a rib or they fractured a rib, uh, but uh, they found out it was uh, much much worse. So, yeah. Um. So. And oh, actually, no, she did fracture or break a rib. And that's another six to 12 weeks of healing. That's in addition to the neck injury. So she said she's unfortunately taken quite a quite a beating so far on the show. So she said she's definitely going to be taking a step back. But that's fine, because we do know we will see a lot more of Kate Kane in the near future because uh, they have officially scored their back nine episodes from going from 13 episodes to 22 as CW has brought it on for a full season order. Um, so good news and congratulations to Batwoman for continuing on. Um, I had a feeling that was have, coming anyway. Yeah. We, and we know the ratings have been solid uh, consistently, regardless of the obnoxious people on things like Rotten Tomatoes continuing to review bomb the hell out of the show, um, which is a shame. So we're, we're seeing that with a lot of things right now. Um, so, but like I said, congratulations though, again, to the showrunners and to the cast and crew of Batwoman. Yeah. So, and our last story again, purely just a rumor. It feels like this is, I, I hope we can at least finally confirm this by the end of our show. <laughs> we've been talking about it for probably well over a year at this point, but we do know Warner Brothers Montreal has confirmed quite a while ago uh, that they are indeed working on a new Batman game. Uh, the title of that game is rumored to be called Arkham Legacy. We do know it is, is indeed going to be de dealing with things like the, probably the League of Assassins and the Court of Owls. The Court of Owls has been confirmed. Um, and we do know this is WB Montreal. We know Kevin Conroy is not voicing Batman because, again, it's meant to take place earlier. 
so this is more like kind of a more of a follow-up to Arkham Origins, but it, we do know it's meant to potentially include the entirety of the uh, of the Bat family, and all of them will be playable. Um, so that makes it even more interesting. Uh, we don't know at this point in time if if that means all of them will be playable or if it's just a an extended family. You know, like things like Batwoman, Batgirl, Nightwing. Are we going to see Robin, uh, Jason? You know, Red Hood. All of these things. And how that's going to play. But we do know it sounds like it's going to be coming. Like I said, WB Montreal did have that bat signal up on the side of the building that was flashing the Court of Owls logos and the League of Assassins logos up on the side of the building. Pretty much confirming all the stuff. Most likely, I know we said it last year, uh, but most likely when we see this kind of play, because they keep saying, hey, this the the you know curtain is going to be pulled back on this very, very soon or relatively soon. Uh, the only thing that's upcoming right now is the thing where we thought where this was going to appear last year, uh, and that was the Game Awards. The Game Awards usually takes place the very first week of December. Uh, my guess is that's exactly where we're going to see this actually yeah. show up, because uh, they usually like to have one or two big reveals at that show. So, um, yeah, and especially with the fate of E3 kind of just hanging in the winds, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Game Awards potentially be a little bit bigger than it has been in the past. So, yep. big wait and see. Uh, but that that's that's it. That's uh, all yeah, I got. Again, I mean, there there hasn't been much. I mean, like like we said, like the whole um, you know things about Crisis is going to tone down because of the fact that there's not you know there's nothing left. They've they've wrapped filming on it. Um, yeah, and it's just one of those points of the year where it's it's just kind of a lull when it comes to news. So. Yeah. Uh, I guess seriously. with that being said, we can throw out a couple recommendations if we have any, and then uh, you know make our way out uh, until next week. Uh, any recommendations from you on your end for stuff to check out? Um, actually, you know what? I just went back and started rewatching something on Netflix I haven't watched in quite some time. Uh, but that is Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, it's it's essentially heavy metal slash a little bit of liquid television from like back in the day from MTV. Um, it, it's it's very adult. I will say uh, this is not a show for kids at all, uh, but it's it's quite good. And I, 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 I it's been a while since I've watched it. I watched a couple episodes several months back, but uh, just a but I ended up kind of tearing through the entirety of the season again yesterday uh, because it's just a good time. It's just a damn good time. So, uh, like I said, if you're looking for something a little bit warped, a little bit cyberpunky, and um, something that's kind of just taking a different take and twist on things, man, give it a shot. Cool. Um, mine is actually going to be, I'm going to help somebody promote something, uh, with my recommendation. Um, if anybody remembers the, the TV network G4, uh, and attack of the show, which was a yep. dude, I used to watch every damn day, every day I used to watch attack of the show. Um, I've actually kind of become kind of chummy with Chris Gore, uh, who was a former, one of the hosts on, uh, on attack of the show. He used to do the DVD, DVD Tuesday. Uh, segment all the time and some of the tech segments uh he actually sent me a link recently uh through private met through dm about a documentary he is working on um about uh attack of the show called uh, attack of the doc uh it's currently in kickstarter phase right now to kind of crowdfund so that they can get a release for the documentary uh but so i want to promote it for him because i know this has been a passion project of his for like about like the last two years he's been wanting to do this and he's finally launching the um 
the Kickstarter. I actually got this DM from him this morning, right before we started recording. So, and I didn't have a recommendation, so it kind of worked out perfectly. Uh, but if you're interested in looking into it and seeing, like, I think like he's got a trailer up there now uh, for some of it. And if, if you happen to be a fan of Attack of the Show and G4 and you kind of want to contribute or at least just check it out, uh, just go to kickstarter.com slash projects slash that Chris Gore. And it should take you to a link for for the Kickstarter. But uh, I'm actually trying to get him on the Spotlight podcast to try and uh, promote it a little bit more as well. So hopefully that'll happen sometime soon. Very cool. And one last thing that I think we definitely need to mention is uh, Ben and I are three weeks away from Extra Life, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, because I feel like I am so underprepared this year because things have been so busy. Uh, but I will say, if you guys can do us a favor, if you have not had the opportunity to or you're not familiar with what this is, Extra Life is a charity that is out there purely to help raise funds for the Children's Miracle Network hospitals all across the country. Uh, if you're not familiar with Children's Miracle Network, I'm sure you've seen if you've been in stores where they've asked you at a cash register to make a donation, if you've ever seen these little like balloons uh and not like um like you know traditional just like balloon with a string tied to it like kind of like um hot air balloons uh is usually the common little things that they usually are written on uh but that's children's miracle network so all of those facilities are all nonprofits. uh and it's what we do is ben and i for years now and i'm now on my seventh year to be my fifth uh we uh yeah so what we do is we have to put our bodies kind of through <laughs> uh a pretty intense over 24 hours in all honesty where we're, we're functioning for we're, we're gaming for 24 hours straight through a marathon with a large group of other friends in in my like in my home um but what we're doing is raising funds for these hospitals specifically for most of us it, that it's going to be at this one uh raising funds for the children's hospital of philadelphia we have friends that are coming from all over the east coast uh we have friends coming down from um you know we boston area we have people coming up from north carolina um, you know, we have f friends coming in from Baltimore all for this event. Um, and it's because it, it means so much to us. But if you could do us a favor, uh, please head on over to this website, www.extra-life.org. Please, there's a little spot at the upper right hand corner that says search for players. If you search next and EXT level, L E V E L. Uh, that is the name of our team. There is another group out there that has next level, something else behind it, but uh, just look for next level. You can look at our roster of players. Just make a donation to any one of those people. Uh, it, it goes to an amazing charity. Not a single cent is scraped off the top of that. Every single cent goes right to the to the hospital specifically. Uh, and we greatly appreciate it. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm with you. I feel kind of like underprepared as well um i haven't been promoting nearly as much as i should have um especially considering that it actually happens on my birthday this year um yeah you know i should be using that to my advantage to get people to do to donate more which i i really need to get on because like you said it's it's only like about two or three weeks away so it, you yeah. know i, I really got to get on it but it's you know as stressful as it is on us uh especially considering we're probably going to be late with the podcast that week uh because <laughs> that's not it's a not a question Cause, yeah because be we're going to be gaming into into that day so we're not going to be recording as soon as we're done it's we're going to be a, about a day or two late with the podcast yeah I, I, i'll be we are I'll, every year 
yeah, we, like I said, I already have off the, that Monday. So, like I said, we'll probably be recording it sometime that day. So it'll only be about a day behind or so, but still. Um, I might like even said, have it up that night. Uh, you know, yeah. if we record during the day, instead of Monday morning, you might have to wait like 12 hours. It'll be Monday night. Yeah. You know, no big deal. Um, but, I mean, as stressful as it is on our bodies, you know, and, and stuff like that, it's always a blast. It's always for a great cause. Um you know, it, it doesn't really matter who you donate to on the team because it's all going to the same place. Uh, yeah. We're not in competition with each other to see who can raise more because it's we know it's just for a good cause. And that's all that matters to us. And as stressful as it is, we have a blast. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And honestly, I, I'm I was really surprised. I have already met my goal um, as of a couple weeks ago, which I did not anticipate hitting before a month before uh, the actual event this year. So I have raised already over a thousand dollars, which was a kind of a it was it was humbling, uh, very very humbling. Yeah, I I did the math on mine, and I know over the, like the past four or five years that I've been doing this, I, I've raised about like twenty two hundred dollars just for myself, um, which is a big com- accomplishment for me. Like I'm very happy about that. But I know over the years, God, there's been it's it's I think it's probably it might be close to what ten thousand, if not more, uh, oh. from everybody in total, probably oh. more. Oh, point. well, well over. I can tell you alone from my just my history alone. Um, I have not broken or not not broken a thousand dollars personally every year in the last five four, four, or five years. Five OK, years. so, yeah, it's it's probably it's it's a much higher than than ten thousand dollars. So, so, yeah, I, myself probably I've I've uh, personally just in my seven years is probably somewhere well over six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars. Yeah, so. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of those events that it's great that we're raising the money that we are, but even if we only raised like $200 a person, I'd still do it. It's just, you know. Yeah. Currently, as of this year, we have raised $3,670, um, which is, which is fantastic. So, and we have uh, a smaller team this year too. We do. We do have a smaller team this year. Um, I think normally like we usually felt around, uh, closer to about 5,000. But like I said, we're down about three or four players this year. So like I said, uh, you know, and we, we have a couple of people all playing together that are going to be doing a lot of, they're going to be doing some more streaming stuff and that's where they're going to be trying to pull in most of their funds. So like I said, it'll, it'll be cool to see what happens with everything, but yeah, it's a, we're, we're, we're off to a nice start. We're off to yeah. a really nice start. Yeah. So, uh, but I think with that, uh, we can do some cheap plugs and then get out because we're not done podcasting for today. So, um, we still have a little bit more work to do. So it's, it, we can move on from that. Uh, so, uh, as always, you can find this podcast as well as all other podcasts that are part of the next level podcast network at the next level network.com on facebook.com slash the next level network and the Facebook page for this podcast, as always, facebook.com slash DC primetime. And as for me, you can always find me through the next level network through the caffeine crew cast of pods. Our Halloween episode should be up by now. So make sure to give that a listen. Uh, like I said, it was all about vampires, which is very goofy. It gets very adult. Um, <laughs> so, but it is, it is what we do. And it was a really fun one to, to, uh, to really partake in. And we thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. But like I said, make sure to give that a, give that a listen and also make sure to check out the full book of still afraid of the dark. Uh, like I said, the final chapter drops this coming Thursday night on Halloween night while you're maybe, uh, helping giving up candy. It's a great way to go back with your family, 
listen to a very family friendly podcast, unlike the Caffeine Crew Cast. <laughs> so, um, but be able to kind of even just maybe get an opportunity this week as you're gearing up for uh, Halloween night, uh, kind of be able to uh, maybe go back and listen to or check out a couple old fun movies that uh, kind of help bring out the Halloween spirit. Yeah, so. it's been fun. We've gotten some cool feedback uh, on the podcast, including my uh, my co-host on the Lost podcast uh, left us uh, some great feedback on the podcast as well. Uh, you know, and being able to watch movies with their kids and listen to the podcast with their kids, which is a really cool thing as well. Um, but that is going to wrap it up for this issue of the DC Primetime Podcast. As always, thank you for being a part of the DC Primetime family, for liking, commenting, subscribing, all that you guys do. But until next week, have a safe and happy Halloween, uh, and we'll see you further on around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.